0: Why, hello, everybody. My name is Seth Weiner, and I am your Roctioneer. Welcome back to Coffee Connections. It's Tuesday, February 16th. I think it's the 16th. I'm going to call it the 16th. And no, I'm not in outer space, but gosh, do I feel like I am. I'm actually in St. Petersburg. I'm working my way back to Atlanta, and... Uh, Next week, I will be back. I'll be airing back from my home studio, and I'll be able to change out into another colored jacket. Some folks are like, I thought you have different jackets. What's going on? Well, I do, and they'll be back. Uh, Excited to share the season is getting busy. Lots of fun stuff happening. Folks are embracing virtual. Yes, I mean it. Like A lot of nonprofits I've been working with are embracing the virtual fundraising and are trying different things and i'm really excited about our guests today because it's about communities and schools that's the organization the atlanta branch here uh but the idea of communities and schools i love it uh and i say this because i say the virtual fundraising some of the schools i'm working with are embracing the fact that they need to raise money but they also have to build community and how do you do that in the virtual world so another time i'll talk about it but i will share one thing I'm very excited. I've got two organizations. We're doing virtual color wars. Yeah. Virtual color wars, sleepway camp style, um, which is building community parents of, uh, you know, if you think about parents at schools, they, these kids are in schools for years to come. How do the parents get to get to know each other? It's so important. And so something like this, not only raise money, but they build connection relationships, but that's Enough about me. It's time for me to introduce our guest today, ladies and gentlemen, Frank Brown, the CEO of Communities in Schools Atlanta. Now, Frank Brown is the Chief Executive Officer of Communities in Schools of Atlanta. The organization's mission is to surround students with a community of support, empowering them to stay in school and achieve in life. Gosh, that's wonderful. Uh, CIS of Atlanta is part of the nation's largest and most effective organization dedicated to keeping kids in school and helping them succeed in life. CIS site coordinators work with local schools to improve attendance, which I'm very interested how that works in the virtual world, behavior and academic performance while connecting students and their families to basic and critical resources. Now, during the current academic year, CIS of Atlanta has programs at over fifty-five schools within this city of Atlanta, Fulton County, Clayton County, DeKalb County public school systems. Under Brown's leadership, CIS of Atlanta has invested in innovative new programs and partnered with private corporations and other nonprofits to increase its impact. Also. Under Brown's leadership of CIS of Atlanta's staff has expanded from 18 to over 75 employees under the largest board-approved operating budget to date, and this is to serve additional students in more schools and districts, uh, most recently Clayton County. So lots to talk about. So ladies and gentlemen, please uh, join me in welcoming to the show our friend, Frank Brown. Hey, Frank, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good, Seth. Happy to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, you were recommended, and I would say not just recommended, but highly recommended. So it's a real <laughs> pleasure to have you. i uh, yeah, Frank,
1: a no, disappoint.
0: <laughs> no, no. I, oh, I saw your video. I know you can't disappoint. I, oh, I, saw, uh, I got a chance to see that, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. But first, it's Coffee Connections. So we got to start with a little coffee talk. Do you drink coffee? Yes, oh, sir. he does. Let's see that right mug here. there, Frank.
1: Yes, sir. Got my Starbucks right here. Is that your go-to? Do you, do you, is that where you well, go Starbucks? Well, I can't Starbucks? say that Coke is a big sponsor of ours, so I just happen to have a Starbucks cup today. Okay, okay.
0: Well, you know, Coke doesn't isn't in the coffee business as as much as I'm aware. Do they have a coffee <laughs> product? I don't think so. I'm surprised they don't. What's up with that, Coke? I think Pepsi owns Starbucks.
1: Didn't Pepsi have an interest in Starbucks? I thought Pepsi had mm,
0: some. I don't know. Um, I'm thinking Super Bowl, and I don't remember seeing Starbucks in Super Bowl. <laughs> <do you? laughs> Although all those dancers might have been on Starbucks. So do you drink coffee every day?
1: I, I try okay. to, yes, I do. At least one cup.
0: Okay. Do you have a uh, preference in the summer? Do you like? Do you prefer iced coffee in the summer or is it a hot nah, coffee? No, I, I
1: stick to my white chocolate mocha. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I just stay with that.
0: All right. All right. So you prefer to get it pre-made? You don't like making it at home? No, sir. I don't. <laughs> oh, boy,
1: I have to go and pull up.
0: Well, Frank, from what I understand, the amount of serving you do for the community, I think it's okay that you get served every day. Oh, That's yeah, I think you. it's a balance, my man. Thank you, thank you, sir. Well, why don't we? Uh, I'm going to hand over the mic to you. Will you right. tell everyone about communities in schools of Atlanta?
1: Um, it, it, it's one of the most um, unbelievable experiences of my life. Um, it started here in 1972 uh, by Neil Shorthouse and Bill Milliken. And, and they simply were two white guys who moved down there from New York who were trying to they saw a need. Uh, a lot of black kids were disconnected, not in school. So they started these kind of street academies and they were in riches, the bottom of uh, department stores. They were over at St. Luke's Episcopal Church. And what started in 1972 is now spread to 26 states, including the District of Columbia.
0: Wow. And collectively,
1: the CIS network serves about one point five million kids all over this country. Uh, So I tell my staff, very few people are fortunate enough to 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 be blessed to lead something that started something local and spread nationally. So our brand has been around 50 years and that means a lot. I mean, in these days and times, uh, people are are looking to government that has failed and looking to nonprofits. And some of them are failing, unfortunately, and people just need consistency. And and I'm so proud of this brand. Um, Today, we're in 57 schools here in Atlanta. As you mentioned, at APS, Fulton County, Clayton County, and DeKalb County. I'm equally excited about the new lines of business we started since I arrived six years ago. We Hmm. have a foster care program that we run in coordination with MAC uh, that deals with disconnected foster care kids here in Atlanta uh, and and surrounding counties outside of the metro area. We have a 21st century after school STEM program. As you know, um, African-Americans are very underrepresented in the STEM fields. Uh, And so to have a Georgia Tech here, and I just had, I saw some pictures when I went over to Georgia Tech. How can we have Georgia Tech here and have some uh, of the worst math scores in the state uh, right Right. here in the metro area? It's just unfathomable. We have some of the brightest professors in the world who are literally right down the street from some of the kids who are most disconnected from achievement as far as math and reading. Uh, I I saw a study from Redefined Ed that said that after the pandemic, only three out of 10 uh, black kids in Atlanta will be proficient in writing and math. That's unacceptable. So uh, Atlanta was already the epicenter of income inequality before COVID, two years in a row. You would have never thought that with everything that was going on and how the economy was doing. But I have been out here and in, in I felt like in the wilderness, screaming and yelling and trying to get people's attention about just the, the vast disparities for kids of color here in this city. Um, for example, the median income for families, black families in APS is only twenty three thousand dollars, while their white counterparts is one hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars. This is in last year. Uh, that's just unfathomable in the city that, that there are more than uh, more African-Americans making over two hundred thousand dollars in any other city in the country right here in Atlanta. But the thing is, most of us are transplants. So that means that there's an underbelly of poverty here. Uh, We just recently started over at Thomasville Heights, over there by the federal prison in downtown Atlanta. Uh Horrific situation. The median income for parents over there is $9,700. So we have children right here in Atlanta who might as well go to a third world country because that's the experience they have. Uh, And it's unbelievable in a city with Dr. King and Maynard Jackson and C.T. Vivian and just lions of history who, who made marks that changed the world. And right here in their own backyard, some of the poorest of the poor in America. Uh, it, it just gives you, it gives you pause because it was bad before COVID. Uh, you hear economists saying that it's going to take five mm-hmm. to six years to move these communities back to where they were before. And we're asking, well, where were they before? <laughs> so for us, you know, we, we have the chance, we, we reach about 44,000 kids every every day in four school districts across Metro Atlanta. Uh, we have about 2,500 of those kids in our caseload. So how we work is, it's very simple. It's it's no uh, rocket science. We place loving adults mm-hmm. in the schools, and low-performing schools at the request of superintendents and principals. And we work hand-in-hand to build site plans that are based off the each individual school's needs. School A might have a totally different issue than school B, but all of the schools we work in have one big issue and that's poverty. Uh, and, and to see the reckoning that is going on in America, uh, to see that, that, that you know, uh, corporations are stepping up and understanding that they must do more. Um, I, I feel good about this moment, but we just can't have it be a moment. Uh, I told, I'll our, our go, our mission is very simple, is to surround kids with a community of support and pound them to stay in school and achieve in life. Uh, In 1972, getting them out of high school was enough. That's not enough in our economy. Two-thirds of the jobs in today's economy require some post-high school certification. Mm -hmm. Graduating poor and black brown kids from low-performing schools is not enough. Uh, We want every child that we work with to be a full participant in the American Dream. And when we say that, uh, a homeowner, a taxpayer, a husband, a wife, a leader, uh, you know, some that they, we want them to be assets to their community, not liabilities. So for me, uh, and I apologize, I'm trying, I can't get my notifications to go off. Well, I
0: mean, they're going to go off the whole time. You're a very popular, very busy man, so <laughs> I'm cool. sorry, but just to show how valuable this time is folks. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, but I, it's all good.
1: I, I tell people all the time. It's not me though. It's not me. It's the people we put in these schools. They're the most important asset of this organization of the entire network. Uh, they are the ones who answer the bell seven days a week. We work 12 months a year, seven days a week, because with the child, uh, the emergency never happens during the week. It always happens on Saturday or Sunday. And I'm so proud that since COVID broke out in May, uh, you know, since schools let out in March or May through May, um, through December of, of 2020, we've given out almost a half a million dollars in emergency assistance, direct aid uh, uh, for 1700 families. Uh, The majority of those requests were for housing. Uh, The second one was for food and and the third one was utilities. And the fourth category, I think, was COVID funerals. Uh, uh, So um, not only are what we're doing every day with the 44,000 kids we have access to, what I'm really proud of, we're now supporting 107 kids in college. Uh, Imagine if you you are disconnected here in Atlanta and you need our services. If you get a big time scholarship, we have several kids at least 10 of them with D1 scholarships uh, starting at Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, um, Kentucky, uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, and, and, and we have them focused that the NFL is the second option. Hmm. The first option is getting their degree. We had Devontae Wyatt who could have gone in this year's draft at University of Georgia. He reached out to us and said, Mr. Brown, I'm going back to school. I'm close, too close to my degree. And so for me, That's that's the change. Um, We are literally transferring kids out of situations of hopelessness into uh, uh, being full participants in the American dream.
0: Well, I want to talk about that because, see, to me, that's something that's always been the the underlying question is you have these kids that are growing up in poverty. All they see is poverty. They Mm -hmm. go to school. Maybe they get a break. Maybe they get someone to influence them. Um, But if they don't have that and and they're just – being pushed to the side, pushed to the side, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't have the, they don't have the view of it's, Automaturity. that, that Automaturity. anything can happen. Right. So, so how do you fix that? How do you address that? You mentioned I you have I these these folks in this in the schools, but how how does that all work?
1: I mean, that's our site coordinator. The essence of uh, the great thing about our job is we're not in there. We're not tutors. So we do three levels of service. So the first level of service we do is whole school. So if we bring an anti-bullying campaign through, we bring a a college fair through a high school, everybody in the school could participate. The second tier of service we give is akin to a group model. where We take 10 to 15 kids who have similarly situated uh, um, risks, whether it's uh, risky sexual behavior, cessation of smoking, uh, and we can work with kids on a group level. And our Cadillac service is our case-managed service. That's the list of kids that each school gives us, about 40 to 50 kids who are most at risk based off their test scores, their attendance, and their behaviors of either dropping out or not being promoted to the next grade. Of the 2,000 kids we had on our caseload last year, 99% of those kids stayed in school and 97% of them either graduated or earned promotion to the next grade. Uh, So for us... And we've been doing that since I got here. Our, our, our promotion and graduation rate has been around that, hovering, around that high 90s. We had a strategic plan that said over 95 percent of our kids must either graduate uh, from high school on time or earn promotion to the next grade. Um, so for us, it's an evidence based model. I think a lot of nonprofits really have to understand that corporations, foundations, government entities you partner with, you have to produce data. Uh, the days of saying you made impact and not proving it are over. Uh, so for me, I'm very proud of of the the way we run this business of the nonprofit. Every year, my audits are clean, zero findings. Um, and, and so I'm very proud of that. You have for-profit companies that can't say that. Uh, I have reserves that have grown bigger than they've ever been since I've been here, uh, that we have not drawn down through this crisis, not one time. So, And more importantly, we gave out the biggest bonus in our company's history of almost $250,000 Uh, this past June to all of our employees who made under $100,000 because you can't say that they're the most valuable asset and you're not putting your money where your mouth is as far as investing in them because we don't sell cars or Chick-fil-A sandwiches. It's a human human service and it must be impactful and move the needle. So it's just a loving adult, a loving adult who's there. We do parental workshops. We give out emergency financial assistance to all the parents on our case managed service uh, program. Uh, We do uh, trips. We've taken kids all over. I've taken uh, and you saw it in the movie. We've taken kids everywhere from the White House to L.A. out to the Mattel's international headquarters to the to Broadway plays in New York. Um, We just want to expose them because I'm one of those kids. Uh, Mm -hmm. But for me being exposed, as you saw with my story, but for me getting an opportunity to, to to attend one of the most elite schools in Charleston, I wouldn't be here speaking to you today. Uh, it changed my whole viewpoint of what was possible, and and it, and it gave me relationships that, as you saw in the movie, were so valuable to help me get through law school when I was having just tough time just adjusting.
0: Yeah, it's it's things like uh, after school programs. I mean, sports are huge. Music's mm-hmm. another huge one. Do you partner with any other organizations, like uh, say, like Atlanta Music? Uh, well, it's AMC. I'm trying to think of the Atlanta yeah. Music. Uh, well, we have groups like that yeah i mean we i mean we run an after
1: school program out in fulton county ourselves and we're trying uh-huh. to expand that so we want to operate after school programming ourselves because that gives us more time with the child to extend the day um so so for us we partnered with uh you know uh, morehouse school of medicine they uh-huh, did programming, yeah. and they came in and taught coding uh, to our kids, uh, my my leadership Atlanta classmate Jimmy Atherton, who's the CEO of Accenture North America, uh, just uh, gave us a grant for coding. Accenture has a coding program that we're going to start implementing in our after school program, but also with our
0: middle and high school kids who don't have a chance to go to that program. Uh, you know, so well, what we- with, the, with with those kids though, I mean, you mentioned um, you you said the word third world, which is true. It's like so crazy to think that people are living in a third world in Atlanta, but yes, yeah. totally true. Yeah. How do they if, if how do they work on coding if they don't have a laptop and how yeah, and I want to tie that this too.
1: Well, the good yeah. thing is most about match, and I want to say uh, stop for a minute and thank yeah. um, the, uh, the partnerships, the superintendents, Dr. Beasley out in Clayton County, uh, uh, Dr. Looney out in Fulton, um, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Herring and APS, Dr. Uh, Cheryl Watson, uh, Harris Watson, and uh, DeCab. They have a tough job. Uh, they're at the center of the firestorm. And, and I just want to thank them for entrusting us and partnering with us. Uh, the school districts have a tough time. So they have right. given out a lot of laptops. Uh, and more importantly, we've given out almost three over 300 laptops and hotspots. And we have different organizations. I, I must admit, the corporate world has stepped in. Uh, Roar Capital has stepped in with us. Uh, Cox Automotive has stepped, uh, Enterprise has stepped in with us. Uh, we have a bevy of of corporations who have helped and given us uh, COVID emergency funding to do those things of buying laptops. Right. So the school districts themselves have that. The problem is housing. Right. If they're transient and they're moving to school to school uh, right. and you don't have Wi-Fi at one place and then they have it at another, what's the use of having a laptop if you don't have a place to stay? Uh, right. It gets even bigger than just hotspots connections. This is about we're trying to Hold people through the storm so they don't go under.
0: Uh right, right. That was, that was the first thing when covid hit, I was thinking about the uh families that that the kids go to school and that's what that's like where they got their the most healthiest meal yeah. of their of their week, you know, during the day. I mean, think that's about cool.
1: covid's impact on kids of color in particular. The CDC said recently that 78% of the infections a couple of months ago were were black and brown kids and they were eight and five times more likely to have to be hospitalized. So when you add COVID's affect health-wise on our communities, the, the, the devastating deaths here in Georgia. Those now, I think we got, what, five, 7,000 people died here in Georgia already. Uh, a lot of those are people of color. Uh, and then you talk about the economic impact. Uh, the, the, you know, COVID hit a lot of people 40,000 and under. That's our parent. Uh, that's that extra job they had at the airport that's now gone. Right. You know that's the job the uncle had that now he was adding to the housing and the provision that's gone. So, you know, there's a health crisis. Unlike nine eleven, where it was a kind of one off, or the financial crisis in 08, where it was about housing mainly. This is a health and
0: economic crisis
1: that has cascaded into schools being closed literally for a year.
0: Um, right, and that's and that's the concern also is how the education gap that that um, many are worried about and how you know how, because. If You're already, you know, you're talking about some of the STEM programs and all this, which is fantastic. But mm-hmm. to get there's a whole other side that's going to come in to get people back up to speed that that just I mean, so you don't know where the how, how everyone leveled out. I mean, I'm uh, I, I my son goes to outdoor classrooms, but I don't even know if how many schools are back in sessions. Is 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 Atlanta all back now? Or is it well, still- they're doing
1: over, I think Atlanta has their elementary kids in, so a lot, a lot of people are going to hybrids. Uh, yeah, hybrids, County right. has been back. Longer than everybody else. Clayton County has not come back, and I think the cab is trying to do younger age kids, and high- it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, this is not. I mean, for me, uh, we don't have to really worry about that because we have people, and people are movable. We can we can phone. We can go to that house. We can, you know, we can we can do a whole lot more than a kind of static. You know organization as you know titanic as a school district could do we can move our assets and our people really strategically to make sure that the service doesn't doesn't miss a beat Um, that's good and and i think that that's that's the thing that that we've seen is that um, the economic pain the mental health stress on our parents uh and on our children uh, for being disconnected and, and it's i i just worry and i pray uh that president biden's plan works uh, we right, need well, we and need and, and also,
0: you mentioned how uh, a lot of the people in the, in the um, color community, they uh, they're, they're high. They're more prone to get covid or whatnot. But what about the vaccine and educating folks that it's OK to get the vaccine? And let that's that's a that's a serious hurdle to get over.
1: It's a real hurdle. And it goes back to the systematic, you know, racism mm-hmm. issue. I mean, we got Tuskegee. We got a host yeah. of things that black and brown people have gone through whether the Indians with the smallpox infection, right. in the tears, of, uh, t- uh, trail of tears. Uh, there have been some historical things that leave people, even when Hank Aaron died. Do you know that black people really looked when Hank Aaron died a week after getting his week vaccination? After, a week exactly, after yeah. getting his vaccination. Yeah. That caused people naturally, wait a minute, Hank Aaron was pretty healthy and you still don't know why he died. So these are things that, that we must, realities that we must deal with. I will get a vaccine. I will encourage everybody around me to get a vaccine because that's the responsible thing to do. Um, and, and, and so, um, but you have to acknowledge this is, I saw an economist that said that racism cost America $16 trillion in economic activity. $16 trillion, I believe was the number I saw of the economic impact of what racism has done to the economy of America. Um, and so for me, it's about evening the playing field for the kids that don't have it. Uh, 99% of the kids in our caseload are poor, black, and Hispanic kids. I want to talk about our Latinx kids, too. Uh, yeah. 10% of our uh, caseload today is Latinx kids. Uh, they have a whole host of issues that are totally separate from some of the issues that my African-American kids deal with, but still barriers. Some of my African-American kids have the problem with, Do I get home? Do I get through this gang violence or whatever's going just to get home? Mm -hmm. My Hispanic kids might go home and everybody has been deported or taken by ICE, uh, which is a barrier and devastating to your morale and your psyche. So we've developed this Latin excellence program. That's a new initiative. Uh, I have uh, Jonathan and Rigo, some great kids we just hired. Uh, 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 It's going to be about housing. It's going to be about immigration, education, you know, about their rights. Uh, about getting scholarships. I saw some movement, uh, somebody introduced a bill, I think in Georgia, to to try to get them some funding for for kids who are here undocumented. Um, They're here. And CIS of Atlanta is here to serve those children as diligently as we serve our African-American children. Uh, That population will probably be 15 to 20% of my work in the next five to 10 years. And we're working on a strategic plan that incorporates that happening, incorporates our alumni affairs work, We're talking to, for example, I just had a conversation with the president, Morris Brown. I had a conversation with the president, Gordon State. Uh, And we're going to set up partnerships with these schools uh, to to create pipelines of kids to go there. We're going to do joint fundraising agreements with these schools so we can create a CIS Scholars Program that they will be there. They will have a cohort and then ultimately put a site coordinator at that school because our mission is very broad. It doesn't say it stops in high school. It stops to stay that as you know, long as they stay in school. So for us, it's about getting them to college. Every kid might not go to college. I don't want to just you know, cast a broad brush that college is the only solution we're pursuing. Right. A lot of our kids might have to go to technical school. They might want to go to technical school and become a plumber, a electrician. That's a valuable six-figure job. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of them might choose the military. Uh, because they need the discipline and they want the adventure of travel, of serving their country. We got to be intentional about making that possible. And, and, and more importantly, some of them might be entrepreneurs. They could do hair, they could code. They might want to start their own business. We need to be setting them up with the SBA and other entities and other partners who can help them make that a reality. So right. we want them to be full participants in the American dream. And, and that's how we're going about, about building
0: that's beautiful. And and the secret to your sauce, of course, are the uh, individuals at the schools and their boots on the ground. And I think that's that's wonderful. Uh, but it costs money to do this. And, and mm-hmm. it's not just in Atlanta. So my first question is, when it comes to raising money for CIS, uh, when it's a is it do you get money nationally or is each yes. CIS localized? Still,
1: the CIS network collectively raises about two hundred million dollars. So it's not a mm-hmm. small you know uh, network as far as when you macro what we do. Uh, Here in Atlanta, we have about a six million dollar budget. I want to thank my board, my board chair, Eric Barnum, my board vice chair, uh, Chris Christie. Uh, My board is amazing. Uh, A lot of people, you know, um, don't give credit to their boards, But I'm going to tell you, I got a a, a hell of a board uh, that really understands their role of oversight, uh, of, of making sure that the brand is represented well. Uh, they understand their fiduciary responsibilities to make sure no foolishness is going on with the money or anything like that. But you got to have relationships, and 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 I just want right. to thank my my board's leadership and all of my board members. We just added Roar Capital. We added Delta uh, Community uh, Federal Credit Union. We just added. Um, we're about to add the uh, CEO of Mercedes Benz Canada is about wow. to join our board shortly at, at the next board meeting. So. So your Um,
0: board's not all Atlanta-based individuals? No, it's it's actually going to
1: turn – it looks like it's going to grow. I mean, with with technology, they don't have to be here. Uh, I tell people all the time, and I I have to – in order to do what I want to do, I have to raise money all over the country. Yeah. Uh, And so that's what we've set this organization up. Uh, The movie is an example of that. We we Mm -hmm. submitted it into film festivals all over the country. Uh, It won in Nashville at the International Black Film Festival. Uh, we were in the Charlotte Blackroom. so we want this message resonates. Uh, nobody is really trying to do what we're doing. that's to carry kids from third grade all the way to a college graduation um and make sure that their families are okay uh,
0: that's, that's and, a, and making sure their families are okay. That's a big mission that's a really big mission. It's a beautiful one too. you mentioned um so but how much so how much of your fundraising comes from uh individuals? Is it mostly I, I corporations
1: I, I, the majority of our money comes from fee for service. Uh, our biggest contributors are our school districts. Half oh, okay. of million in my budget comes from directly from contracts from school districts. So that's why I'm very thankful for our strong mm-hmm. relationships. And the other half is foundations, individuals, and corporations. Uh, so it's, it's pretty evenly mixed.
0: Well, I could tell people they can if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you want to give, go to cisalana.org and you can make a donation there um, yeah. and definitely check out the site. It's a great site. Lots of resources there. Uh, if someone wants to. How does someone become one of your boots on the ground? I, I
1: mean, you can go to our website. we always we're always looking for good people. Uh, we're looking to expand. Next year, I want to stop and go back one thing. We have our 17th annual Choose Success Awards dinner. When you go on our website, please click into that. Uh, this year, we're honoring uh, Scott Mills, the president of BET Networks. And that gives you a sense that I'm going to another level as far oh, as our yeah. yeah, BET gave us a half a million dollars uh, through their COVID telethon in the spring. Uh, and we thought it was appropriate to, to honor BET so. and Scott Mills. So we have and then we're also honoring Olson and Byrd. They've been pro bono counsel for us for years. Uh, one of the first class law firms in the world uh and they we wouldn't be where we are today without their legal counsel and help so those are going to be our two honorees so that's april is that 28th. All, is
0: it's that virtual. virtual or in person okay it's virtual. virtual
1: it's going to be virtual so go on our website and you can look at the save the date and all the information out there uh Beautiful. and sign up to our constant contact so but it's going to be virtual and we would like for you to be there seth we'd like your whole community to join us uh we think it's going to be a fabulous event
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk more about that. I want to hear, uh, hear more about your plans and, um, on that, but, uh, but as we're running out of time and I, I really thank you for all the time you've offered, is there anything else that, uh, that we didn't cover on our, on a conversation that you just wanted to share? Uh,
1: I just want to say, um, leading is hard. Uh, and I, you know, I know you bring leaders on here and I, I just want to really deflect back to it's not me. Uh, I believe I work with some of the most, um, uh, amazing human beings and American heroes uh, who answer the bell when me and you are asleep at night, who go and get kids out of situations where their life is literally on the line, who pay bills and and take care of needs and food needs without ever complaining. Um, I just want people to know that our site coordinators represent the best of America. Mm -hmm. And it's an honor to to lead them it's an honor to work with them, and they inspire me every day to do more.
0: Well, so it sounds like it's very circular. It sounds like uh, your leadership uh, and their leadership uh, echo each other because from what I gather just from what I've seen, there's a real – its you all really connect with the students and care about them, and the care is so, so present. And, um, and for someone so young that might not have – the relationships at home to be able to get that from you all—it's so valuable and so important, and it's honestly what's going to make a difference in their lives. And at that, I mean, I said secret sauce before. I'm going to say it again, though. That's the real secret sauce—the amount of care that comes out of your organization. It's—it's uh, it's heartwarming. So thank you so much for what you all do.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's—I hate to cry, but it's a lot. This is—this is, this is a—we've been through a lot yeah. in the last year. The people we we serve have been through hell. They've lost lives. They've lost grandmothers. They've lost teachers. They've lost.
0: lost, They've lost the ability to to mourn. You know, like that's that's the other thing is not that not only did they lose their grandparents, but they lost the ability to to mourn them in a healthy way. You know, like that our society's created ways for us to mourn and have funerals and have gatherings and this sort of stuff And to say, no, you can't. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a lot of deep pain. And and, and I really think that as, as hard as things have been, I hate to say they get harder. They're just going to it's going to get it's just, you know, the, the band-aid's going to get ripped off. And we're going to see a lot of things that we didn't that we were. Yeah, I,
1: mean, I mean, you already seen it. You see kids out in Las Vegas killing themselves. You see, oh, man. you know, parents oh, man. And, and, you know, fighting each other and, and mental health issues and drug abuse and oh. alcoholism. And and our kids are getting the brunt of that. And and I think that yeah um I just hope people understand that that we need help. There's an underbelly underbelly of poverty here in Atlanta that we must get to. We must yeah. help. We we cannot have black and brown kids disconnected from the American dream because they will come look at Buckhead. I hear all the complaints now about what's <laughs> going on in Buckhead.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. now
1: you can't hide from it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's better that you help me educate those children uh-huh. because you will pay for it on the backside when you got to pay fifty thousand dollars a year for them to be in prison yeah. so you yeah. know I mean? so for me yeah. help us donate come in volunteer care yeah. you got, I mean I think the one thing I hope that we walk away with is empathy is still alive and well compassion kindness uh, uh looking out for your neighbor. Uh, that's what CIS is all about. And and I'm so proud.
0: Well, you, you said something very important right there. You know, a lot of folks, you know, if you want to if Black Lives Matter, if that's the, if that if you're going to say that and you're going to do that, then you can actually put your words to action by going to CIS and getting involved. Um, that's that's the real difference. That, and I think that's a big point. So, you know, like you mentioned with Buckhead, he, you know, it. You, the, if we want to make a difference, there's ways to do it. And that's one thing I love about what I'm able to do here on Coffee Connections, be able to highlight organizations like yourself. So people that really want to make a difference, just look and see. There's so many great organizations and this being one of them.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, that's why I do these platforms, because you got to get the message out. I think as a leader, your job is is to get the message out, is to yeah. shine, to, to, to set up the environment where people can appreciate the work that these 57 unsung heroes are doing every day for thousands of kids that I, I you know one thing I know is make it, I get thank you notes so much and you know you not that you get immune to that and not at all but that's how I know it, that there is an energy out there yeah
0: there Fra- everybody- Frank I mentioned how my mom passed away and one of the things when she passed away was a number of uh, she was a, she was a teacher uh, mm. in her profession and I was cleaning up her office and she had boxes of thank these you. notes. And I would just go through a couple of them, you know, and just the, I mean, it, it's amazing when someone really opens their heart with a, with a sincere thank you. You yeah. can't throw it out. You know, it's, yeah, like, you can't.
1: Can. And so for me, that's why every time I'm on anything public, I want to thank those people. I know some of them are watching. I know some of them are working, but what they do matters. And and they've helped thousands of kids avoid the cold, being hungry, no lights, not being able to bury their family member because they didn't have burial insurance. So, yeah. I mean, and and, for, and then also one thing is it's happening all across the country. I have colleagues all in right. Charlotte, LA, Philly, Houston. And I think that's collectively makes me feel good that the poor kids across this country, both rural and urban settings are being taken care of.
0: Yeah. Well, the more chances we can give folks, the more, You know, the more direction, the better, because you don't always get it at home. And if you can get it at school from the right people, that's 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 where the challenge the. Difference could be made. So um, I want to thank you again for your time. And before we go, I have every guest uh, recommend a future guest and another org- nonprofit innovator here in Atlanta. Is there someone you'd like to recommend? I, I recommend Kwame Johnson from
1: Big Brothers and Big Sisters. I reached out to Kwame. He said he would be interested in coming on. He, he actually used to work at CIS National. Oh, so wow. Okay. He came here to Atlanta and I made a promise to him that, that I would open up doors for him. So uh, That would be great. I would recommend Kwame Johnson. He's doing great things over there, Big Brothers and Big Sisters. I think he was named one of the most admired CEOs by Atlanta Business Chronicle. Good brother, good story, and and equally compa- passionate about what we're doing with the children.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, again. I mean, everyone, we all, we all say thank you, but we mean it. So uh, enjoy oh, the rest of your week. Odds, you oh, can catch the odds on our website, our, mm-hmm. our award-winning short film. And actually,
1: it's about to be placed on WSB's app. So you if you don't have if you have the app, WSB channel two, you can go catch it on there too pretty soon. So please be on the lookout for the next one that's coming probably early next all fall.
0: All right. Well, if I if I see it, I will be sure to put it back out through our social media to share as well. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Seth. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything you do. Uh and this is a great show. And and please keep have a platform for people to come on and really talk about the work that's going great work that's going on, not just myself, but other leaders all across the city.
0: Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. Actually, I'll see you Thursday, but next week back in Atlanta. Thanks. Have a good day.